welcome to the Marvelous Post-Blip Podcast, a podcast on all things Marvel on the Fangirl Zone. I am Mischievous Dave. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve. Today we'll be talking about episode four of season one of What If, titled What If Doctor Strange Lost His Heart Instead of His Hands. I mean, I'd have been better off <laughs> he lost <laughs> his hands. There was a lot of reaction to this one on the internet, but we'll go with Sean first. Sean, what do you have? Wow, that went dark. It's like dark fast. I was like, holy Uh, cow. We were sitting here watching it and I think my jaw was on the floor for like half of it. So that was a thumbs up for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great to see Strange basically lose himself trying to save Christine. And it immediately reminded me of WandaVision and what Wanda went through to try to get vision back so we definitely have a lot of parallels between the two of them and the next strange movie is going to be something else yeah i wrote in my notes watching this two words torture porn (laughs) (laughs) not only did we get tortured watching this poor guy (laughs) suffer but i don't know why they wanted to put dr strange through something like that even if it's a, a what if episode man that was that was brutal yep i'm wondering if they ever did a comic line like this like where he just kind of went straight bad guy basically oh yeah there is they did do one sort of reference to that see uh, it wasn't supreme strange but it was something here i don't think i would have made it through the comic book either (laughs) right (laughs) where's my shredder yeah this was too depressing Did you see some reaction out there, Sean? Everybody that I seen, like everybody's post that I seen was just like, holy crap, that was dark. And it was like, that was basically all I'd seen because I didn't go back and look for after I actually watched it because a lot of people will stay up and watch it as soon as it drops. I'm like, yeah, I kind of like my sleep, though. So isn't for barking dogs next door. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway. Well, while Steve tries to find the uh, the information that I was talking about, (laughs) Dave, how did you feel about it? Oh, I I said uh, it was was dark. I wrote down torture porn. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know how I forgot torture porn. (laughs) I prefer the regular porn now. I mean, come on. (laughs) I I noticed there was a... Lower Decks crossover because Fred Tadasciore's voice was yes. was in this episode. It still amazes me how they get people. Tilda Swinton comes back, Benedict Wong. I, I could tell that was his voice, but Christine Palmer's voice was played by Rachel McAdams. Like, didn't quite sound like Rachel McAdams to me. It's just not like a voice actor. Pretty girl. Oh, they got her too. Benedict Cumberbatch, Jeffrey Wright. Did you notice, Sean? That is the Watcher. Yeah, the Watcher is getting more and more involved in every episode. Yeah, we. Yeah, you mentioned that last episode, and uh, yeah, yeah, more than just coming a little bit closer, a little bit closer. Yeah, like, he oh. interacted with Strange, so it's like, whoa, yeah. hold on a minute here. <laughs> like, yeah, we just went right from okay, I'm going to just get closer, and you can kind of feel me now. The, earlier on in the episode, when it was like, what? Who's there? I'm like, oh, is that the closeness we're getting? But no, it wouldn't even. Even more over the top later. Yeah, but, there was oh a, God. in the comics, Strange kind of became, had a similar thing with splitting into two people, and they called his alternate version the Necromancer from Counter Oh, it kind of makes, I feel like that kind of makes sense. Yeah. With, with what we see. <laughs> oh, yeah. He can be evil if needed. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think if I wrote that comic, I would call one strange and the other one normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop calling me normal. Well, let's jump into our little recap for the show. Doctor Strange, in his grief, decides to use the eye of Agamemnon to change his past and possibly his future. Yeah. Yeah, right? (laughs) Well, we open up with him on his way to an event to accept an award. He stops to pick up Christine Palmer, who agreed to be his date as so long as she got dessert out of it. (laughs) Creme brulee. Yeah. Of course, Leslie Bibb returned to voice the voice Christine in this episode as well. But in Doctor Strange, Christine refused Stephen's offer to attend this his event. And of course, this episode, she changes her mind apparently and agrees to join him. And that's why she's in the car. Now, sadly, on the way there, the car is struck by another vehicle <laughs> and Christine dies. After the tragic accident, Stephen's car lands the exact same way as it does in Doctor Strange. Yeah, it was just amazing. He tries to go around the truck and... <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, oh! I that they did all of it. So Reverse. that it was Yeah, exactly like the same, yep. except having Christine, which was Rachel McAdams, not Leslie Bibb. You're right. So in need of answers, this version of Strange also seeks out the mystic arts and comes to learn about the Eye of Agamotto. The moment when Stephen manipulates time on an apple is a scene pulled directly from Doctor Strange, and the ensuing events play out exactly as they did in Doctor Strange with the Ancient One meeting an untimely end <laughs> and Strange having to fight Dormammu. Dormammu. Yeah, Dormammu. <laughs> But instead of accepting that Christine's death, Strange decides to go back in time and try to save her from the accident. And this was rough to see. Because uh, however, it's like ESPN of disaster replay. Exactly. <laughs> however, as hard as he tries, and no matter the situation, she continues to die. Even when he doesn't even go pick her up, she gets killed. Yeah, yeah. That was messed up. I honestly thought they were going to show something like it was him causing the death right. in order for him to be who he is right no that would yeah. really mess you up yeah now when steven learns of christine's death on the news the newscaster is christine everhart who was seen in iron man and iron man 2 and she's a reporter for whih world news everything then comes to a head after the ancient one arrives at the accident and tells strange to move on she explains that Christine's death is an absolute point in time, which is very important for future MCU projects. I had a Doctor Who feel. Yes. <laughs> this means that certain events can't be changed even in other timelines. Now, you got to assume this idea is going to become important as we move further into the multiverse stories, namely in Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Of course, he's unable to take no for an answer, and after a brief fight, he's transported to a jungle where he plans to search for the lost library of Caligastro. Mm-hmm. I got it as Cagliostro. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Cagliostro. <laughs> That's a mouthful, I'm telling you. Yeah. Cagliostro. See, I just screwed it up. Yeah. Cagliostro <laughs> knew how to change an absolute point in time, so Strange intends to find the lost knowledge and use it to reverse Christine's death. When uh, you were going through your part there, Steve, and you first brought up the absolute point, and I'm like, come on, because we've seen 
him to go through millions, if not billions, of permutations to find that one thing right. where they could win. But and so this to me, this is like no, no, we make up something else now. It's called the absolute point. <laughs> okay. Well, this is the one thing that gets strange to be Doctor Strange. I mean, if she wouldn't have died, he would have never gotten into the the arts. Right. <laughs> okay, but if Strange knew about Cagliostro, why did the Ancient One not know? Yeah, there was another blip in there, too. They were talking about all the people on Earth, and this is the one absolute point. I'm, I'm really all those billions of people on the planet? Right, yeah. That, now, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking this was his absolute point. Again, a fixed point in time that cannot be changed. Very Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> so Stephen finds the Lost Library of Cagliostro, and we previously heard of Cagliostro when Stephen read one of the books in Doctor Strange. But once he arrives at the library, he's greeted with Oban, who claims to be the librarian for the books of Cagliostro. Keep right, keep putting that in there, Steve. <laughs> Oban, who is guarding the library of Cagliostro, is a character from the Marvel comics. Oban is Cagliostro in the comics. He even studied the, the Darkhold, a.k.a. the book Wanda currently has after WandaVision. Small world, these people. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Came from, before that, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so... This dark hole's getting around. Yeah, guess we'll see more of that, too. While Steven is looking for the book on time manipulation, he goes past books on transportation, telekinesis, and teleportation, which are all the talents both he and Wanda Maximoff have in Marvel Comics. Yeah, you can skip over those. That's, you're, that's all the stuff you're good at. When Steven opens the, the time manipulation book, you can spot the symbol of the time travel, which has been previously seen when Steven was studying how to use the eye of I'm a G- Agamotto in Doctor Strange. The co- almost said Armageddon too. Like what the heck? <laughs> the cover of the books are also identical. Stephen learns that he needs more power and more power. Yeah, <laughs> and decides to borrow some from a mythical creature. After a brief encounter with a cosmic being, leaves him injured. Strange is forced to change his plan. The first creature that Stephen encounters while trying to gain power is a tentacle monster that is similar to, or the same one as, when Captain Carter encountered in What If, Episode 1. It sure did seem like it to me. It sure did. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Every time I see tentacle monster, I just keep thinking it's Cthulhu. (laughs) Yeah. Also, the possibility exists that it is actually Shuma Gorath, a a mythical one-eyed multiverse tentacle monster who often clashes with Doctor Strange in the comics. Well, I pick him then. After Stephen is injured by the tentacle monster, Obain tells him, Mystic beings do not bargain. Which well, is not- Amu sure did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is like a nod to when Stephen tried to bargain with Domra, Domamu in Doctor Strange. Instead of asking the beings to borrow their power to change him, he intends to steal it. After stealing uh, energy from countless creatures, Strange returns to Obain only to learn he had frozen himself for centuries and the librarian was nearing his end. Oh. While Obain declines Strange's offer of eternal life, before he goes, he he does inform the sorcerer's supreme that another version of himself exists in the universe. As it turns out, when the ancient one fought with Strange, he splintered reality to allow two versions of him to exist at one time. One that never returned to the past and the one that did. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, you know what? but the TVA isn't stepping in. Right. <laughs> yeah, again. There was a couple of thoughts I had on this. Um, so all, th- all that uh, absorption... Through those mystical beings, they're all bad. Is that, is that the only way you can get powers from evil monsters? And I'll tell you one like, thing. Definitely what it seemed like. Yeah. yeah. And I thought I spotted a salute to maybe a Samurai Jack's monster. I can't remember his name. He was kind of comical, although right. real meanie. <laughs> and I, I think I saw Fin Fang Foom as one of those creatures, too. 
he's a long time uh, nemesis of Iron Man's. But the thing that bothered me the most was y'all they all have to be evil to have this power. Right. Those were not these mystical monsters were not nice. Well, I'm thinking that all of them were evil per se. I mean that gnome looked pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. He stole the cape off the cockroach thing, but <laughs> like the one was it looked like uh just a giant deer. Yeah, so right. I'm thinking maybe the deer's not bad, but because he had absorbed so many of the bad ones previous that like he's losing himself and the good is not going to outweigh the bad. Right. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the stag from Shadow and Bone. Yeah, it did. I was thinking that and I'm like, that's kind of strange. Just cross over all of these different things. <laughs> yeah. But it. And then you have like this giant snake, which I'm like, okay, you got the evil sorcerer from Aladdin over here. You're absorbing. What's going on here? Right. But just, I think he just took too much bad. But which one was supposed to be Fing Fang Boom that you think, Dave? Because I I don't know who that is. It looks like a, a dragon. Oh, okay. See the old fashioned Eastern mystic Chinese dragon. Oh, okay. Interesting. You never know. They might like go further in all of this, but we don't know. But we have the ancient one, like you were talking about, who split the timelines. And I'm still trying to figure out how the TVA isn't like. Yeah. Doesn't seem right. <laughs> but not to mention the Eternals. They're like not doing squat is all I'm saying. But the ancient one informs Strange that he is the only one who can stop his other self. Oh, well, that's great. Because the ancient one is talking to our normal Strange. It's going to be very awkward talking about that this way now. The Ancient One explains how there's two possible timelines occurring in one universe. And we can assume that this is going to happen in Spider-Man. Although I think in Spider-Man, we're looking at six because or something like that. The way it was splitting, it was very strange. But that's how we're possibly seeing the old Spider-Man villains and a secret that's not really a secret with Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire showing up alongside Tom Holland, Peter. Mm. Could Spider-Man No Way Home feature an alternative Doctor Strange? I'm starting to question everything with that and the and the way it's going with just Doctor Strange in general. Right. I don't know. I feel like that would be really weird. Maybe the TVA is going to pop in there, too. <laughs> Wong helps place a heavy-duty protection spell on Steven and calls it the Guardian Vishanti. In the comics, the Vishanti are a trio of beings who help the Sorcerer Supreme. Well, that's interesting. If you shrink him down and put him on his face, but there isn't really a Marvel Comics counterpart for Evil Strange. It's similar to the Necromancer, which Steve mentioned earlier, which is the evil version of Steven from a counter-Earth. There's so many versions of, of all of these guys. This is just getting interesting. But the Necromancer diverged from Steven's path and decided to kill Baron Mardo, and his adventures basically paralleled his Earth counterpart. The newly dubbed Doctor Strange Supreme finds his doppelganger. Strange Supreme attempts to bargain with his good, normal self, claiming that if they reunite, they will have the power to save Christine. But normal Doctor Strange sees right through this delusion. <laughs> kind of sad that he's calling it a delusion, though. The two sorcerers then engage in a great battle. It was actually pretty cool. I loved how we were going back and forth. You have evil self and normal self and magic. Lassos. I'm like, wait a minute. When did Wonder Woman get here? But like, <laughs> it was just great how we had all the back and forth fighting. And you do end up seeing that lasso spell in Avengers Infinity War while he was fighting Thanos, although that didn't work out too well then. No, this was one of the one things that just 
kind of floored me because the ancient one says, oh, you're the only one strong enough to stop him. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're the ancient one. Yeah. Strange has been sucking all these magical creatures getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And Steven's still sitting there, not even messing with the eye of Agamotto. I'm surprised he lasted as long as he did. <laughs> yeah, especially when you had like all the weird, like when he was turning into kind of the the other beings and right, like yeah. the ground Absorb and doing this. Them, yeah. Okay, I do have to say though, I thought the best part of the fight was the capes fighting each other. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is so ridiculous, but I love how it's happening. <laughs> yeah, and that it's definitely weird was a Disney see- thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you see like what's happening because the two realities kind of merging how you have everything kind of normal but an overlay of the weird black dripping like pulling them apart it's like oh this is so weird i love it but of course normal strange eventually loses and gets absorbed by strange supreme when evil strange supreme absorbs even his magic turns from green to red in the mcu red usually symbolizes chaos magic aka what wanda wields so I'm assuming that it means he's channeling chaos magic here. I mean, those two are the only ones that I thought were supposed to be able to wield chaos magic, right? Right, yes. Well, Strange Supreme uses his newfound power to bring Christine back. But after realizing his decision is destroying his reality, that's easy for you to say, he immediately regrets it. Well, not just that. He doesn't look like Strange anymore because no. all of the other things are kind of popping out. He looks like some weird Frankenstein creature. And this is what we were talking about earlier with the Watcher popping up because he had popped up earlier when Strange was just starting to, was he starting to absorb the creatures or when he was just starting to learn it? Because Dave had said he thought it was going to get closer and closer until possibly the last episode, I think, is where we were thinking he was going to actually be part of anything. But he's right there talking to Strange because... Strange is trying to convince the Watcher to stop it, and the world shouldn't have to pay for my mistake. But the Watcher's like, I can't interfere. You knew what you wanted. Should have listened to my whispered warning way back when. (laughs) Like, what? It was kind of messed up, though, because I was not expecting the Watcher to actually be talking to him. Yeah, that happened fast. In the end, Christine had appeared and freaked out when she's seen Strange and ends up disappearing. And disappears with everything it's just i i'm like trying to wrap my head around it because she's just like bloop right away with like didn't quite dust out but kind of black gooped out yeah (laughs) (laughs) pretty much mirrors when vision did the same thing during wandavision series finale although he didn't goop out so there's that and finally similar to wandavision we have steven going through the five stages of grief a you know pretty short time we have denial anger bargaining depression and acceptance just through the whole episode but did he ever really accept at least strange supreme did not accept no because he was kind of stuck in what looked like the mirror verse like a little ball of it yeah just you know there you go you're gonna be angry and figuring this out forever both wanda and steven created false realities and messed with timelines in order to save the one person that they loved most so that was all sorts of sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know about you guys. It was a little dusty. There may have been. <laughs> they have had some ninjas cutting onions in the kitchen. You know, I don't know. But after all of that, 
before we get into anything else, any other tinfoil hats that either of you have, since those seem to be very prevalent with some of these shows. Right. Not necessarily. I I just wonder how much these what if, you know, all these doors they open with what if can actually affect the, the greater or if they really want to. I know they're going to have a multitude of whatever it is, of madness. So obviously going to touch it there, but if you're treading on ground where it's not what if anymore. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's not what if, it is. <laughs> yeah, it exists. Yeah, so I don't know how far they want to go with it. That's my one reservation. Interesting. Yeah. I'm wondering, too, like if it's pulling that thread through to ultimately get us to the end so they can kind of yeah bring everything back into one timeline. They're like, well, this could happen, this could happen. They're going to stitch it together and be like, but we'll pull this and everything's back to what we know is normal. Right. Yeah, I kind of get a feeling that in Spider-Man No Way Home, we're not going to get the Stephen Strange that we know. I think it's going to be a little closer to Strange Supreme. It did with feel like that. At least to this, at the beginning of it. Now, I don't know about, I think kind of by the end, we'll see <clears throat> the real Doctor Strange appear at the end of the movie, and that'll lead into multiverse of madness where we get real strange having to deal with everything (laughs) yeah because he felt really laid back which was weird right what did you say dave something's wrong with his hair (laughs) it didn't look right that's dr strange what what do you do with it yeah like another quart of valvoline to it or something right (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i think it'll be okay eventually (laughs) but we're gonna get the sinister six out of that so hey steve do we have any feedback for this episode? <laughs> oh, we sure do. Yay. Yay. Jazz got us some feedback on this episode, so let's hear what she thought of it. Hello, this is Jazz with the review of What If for Doctor Strange. The animation was good considering I looked at their lips and they seemed to match their voice, which isn't something that always seems to happen. The story itself was very touching. I thought the animation was good with the cells and the pacing. They got the same voice actors that they got for the movie. Tilda Swenson and Benedict Cumberbatch as well as Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher. I'm sure he's appeared somewhere at some point. I did think it was neat that Wong, who I'd not noticed before, his name is Benedict Wong. And he played Wong, but I think he was Wong in the comics also. So either way, neat coincidence. And I love the fact that they mentioned Cream Blu-ray a lot, because I like that. Wong had a lot of quips and one-liners and and very dry humor, which I appreciated, similar to the movies. I did notice that when Doctor Strange, evidently half of Doctor Strange, went to go searching for the Lost Library, not of Alexandria, but of some other name I can't pronounce, the librarian had a blue and brown eye. I'm not sure what that signified, but I found that interesting, since Shelties have that, and I never thought that a human would have that comics so you never know but i love the fact that he called him the sorcerer armani and i thought that was just perfect 
They should use that in the movies. That would be great. He was starts off as being a doctor, medical, and then sorcerer. And then this version becomes a killer because he absorbs every other being, starting with a small little gnome to a dragon and then Cthulhu with all the tentacles. That should have given him a clue that that was a dark path. At the very end, he goes, I didn't know this was going to happen, which is horse buggy, because everybody told him that this was going to happen, and he did not care. He only cared that Christine would be saved, and in the end, she wasn't. So he got to destroy the world, and yet his love of his life was not saved. It reminded me of Doctor Who, which is, so sorry, fixed point in time, can't change it. And that is a, a common Doctor Who quote that always stabs you in the heart. Uh, he seemed to come out of that, actually, come to think of it. He was told his death was a fixed point in time, and I remember him getting into a robot and still dying but not dying. So there's some timey-wimey stuff going on, but I digress. The person who played Christine... I thought was awesome. I think her name was Rachel something. I thought that exchange between the Ancient One and Doctor Strange, I thought was on point. Even had her in the same outfit. The same actress played it. The interplay between the characters were good. Benedict Cumberbatch seemed to give some emotion to it. It did seem a lot like Groundhog Day. He seemed to do it each time with a, a good amount of emotion. I didn't have the many instances where he was phoning it in. My first thought was, why get in the car if you know that your loved one is going to die in a car wreck? Then it sort of became that movie where you consistently die. It didn't matter if he got in the car. She died anyways. So that was kind of depressing. And watching the other two what-ifs lulled me into a false sense of security. Because I forgot the reason why I didn't watch what-ifs is because it normally did not have happy endings. Because they want you to enjoy the current reality. So they tell you why this is not the reality that's probably going to happen. So I was sort of snockered with the unhappy ending and the world ending and not having a happy ending. So props for that. I actually give that full points. I thought it was well done overall, and I'm looking forward to seeing others. I've enjoyed them all so far. Once again, this is Jazz. Thanks. Well, thank you, Jazz. That was an <laughs> in-depth review. <laughs> I didn't catch the eye thing. Did either of you? No. I didn't you had two different colored eyes. Yeah. Nope. Trying to cross over. Catch it either. Crossover with Stargirl. <laughs> but yeah, there was just like everything happening at once. It was great. And I get what you're saying about the animation because I, I watch a lot of anime and, you know, things don't always match up. So you're like, Ugh, <laughs> take you out of the moment. Yeah, you touched on like everything. So I'm not <laughs> sure uh, like what to say other than great catches with most of them. Gentlemen, do you have something specific that? Well, it's, it's it's like Jazz has done a podcast before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's a well-defined <laughs> initial reaction, shall we say. <laughs> Good job. Yep. Yeah, there, Sean mentioned Doctor Who, and I agreed with her that, yeah, it got timey-wimey on us. <laughs> <laughs> well, we really appreciate you getting your feedback to us, Jazz, and hope to hear from you again. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season. Our deadline for feedback is 6 p.m. Eastern every Friday during the season. You can send your feedback via email or audio to contact us at fangirlzone.com. Please review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform you use for podcasts. With good ratings and reviews, it helps other fans of the show find us. And there are plenty of other Marvel podcasts out there. Yes, please find us. Tell your friends that I hope you're enjoying our podcast. And don't forget to check out the other great 
Fangirl Zone podcast. There's so many of them out there, like the Modern <laughs> Podcast, for example. So you can go over to www.fangirlzone.com, check out our contacts page, which is another easy way to get a hold of us. Send all of your thoughts and uh, you can give us information on the comics if you're a huge comic book fan. It possibly bigger than uh, Dave and Steve, who can help. <laughs> Help us out with some of the questions that we have, too, that we often pose during the episode. And for this episode of the Marvelous Post Split Podcast. I'm Steve. Mystic beings do not bargain. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And you promised me creme brulee. This is Mischievous Dave. And thanks for the most depressing episode of TV since the Red Wedding. There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat. There is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the fangirl zone.